Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Our first story is titled, Cartel Slash Gang Encounter. So this all starts when me and my buddies, me 19 and them 20 and 17, went to go fish off the spank on the river in the afternoon. The layout is that you drive over the levee before you drop down into a boat ramp slash parking area right next to the river. We brought pizza, beer, weed, music, and of course our rods, hoping we'd just hang out and do some late night fishing. At this point, we're all set up on the bank with our chairs and speaker, having a nice evening and It's probably been two hours, and it's 9 p.m. now. All three of us were feeling good, with some beers in our system. And then, we all of a sudden hear two cars with super loud music pull up, and everyone gets out. The cars must have had four to five people in each one, because I heard a lot of people talking, but it was all in Spanish, so I couldn't make anything out. We try to ignore it, but then it gets so loud that we couldn't enjoy ourselves, so we start packing our stuff to head back to the car and just chill out while we sober up. While we're gathering our things, we start to hear what sounds like an argument go down. We start to hear lots of glass shattering and people screaming at the top of their lungs. They couldn't see us, but they were basically no more than 20 feet behind our heads. At this point, we're just keeping quiet, And then you start to hear what sounded like someone getting punched repeatedly and then a loud splash into the river by the boat ramp. And someone saying, nah, leave him, leave him, which was the only word spoken in English. At this point, we didn't know what we had just heard happen and we didn't want to stick around and find out. The three of us trekked back up the steep incline to get back to the car, but as soon as we came into their view, they all got back into the two cars and quickly sped over the levee, except we spotted one of the cars just sitting at the top of the levee, slowly creeping forward. When we turned our car on, the car then went fully over the levee. We realized we were the only car left in the parking lot and it was now pitch black outside, around 9.30 p.m. We sat there for no more than 30 seconds, just trying to process what we just heard go down. And then we decided we need to get out of there completely and park somewhere to sober all the way up. As we're going over the levee, the road goes over it and then down and makes a sharp left. Right after we take that sharp left, Our hearts drop when we see four cars lined up completely horizontal across the road blocking us from getting through. There's orchards on our left and right, so there was no going around at all. At this point, my buddy just gassed it straight towards their bumpers to try and split in between the cars and get out of there, even if it meant damaging the front end of his car. Just as we do that, one of the four cars slightly moved out of the way, creating a gap. We flew right through it and got the F out of there, and they were laying on the horn while we passed. 
We don't know what their intentions were, but clearly there was two cars in the boat ramp area where we were at and two cars on the other side of the levee blocking the road from anyone else coming in. I ended up filing a police report just in case they really did dump a body into the river. It happens all the time here, but I haven't heard anything back. Definitely one of my most terrifying experiences. The next story is titled, Forgetting to Unlock My Bedroom Door Saved Me. Almost a year ago, I, a 24-year-old male, was fresh out of college and had just moved into an apartment with my middle school bestie, 23 female, and her fiancé, a 25-year-old male. This was after a long period of not seeing her in person. My bestie and I had a long and great friendship with few rocky periods. I didn't know the fiancé well, but had met him a couple times. He came off as kind of rude and loud, but mostly nice though. I let a lot of little annoying behavior slide because she was so in love with him. I really just wanted to spend time with my best friend. Over the course of a few months, I slowly discovered that she was trapped in an abusive relationship with the most classic example of a malignant narcissist imaginable. Their fights, really just him raging at her while she cried, escalated to the point where he was completely trashing the apartment, breaking her phone and laptop, hiding her car keys, blocking the door, and grabbing her arms so hard she had bruises, all while hurling out the worst insults he could fathom at the top of his lungs for hours. This man is about a foot taller and a hundred pounds heavier than me, so there was nothing I could do other than give her a ride somewhere else, away from him, until the next day. He did not like it when I did that. Once it reached the point of physical harm against her, I put my foot down and demanded that he move out or I would call the cops. He wasn't technically signed onto the lease, so I could have kicked him out. He begged for time to find a new place. He was extremely drunk and high the night he heard her, and he promised to stay sober until he moved. Not wanting to escalate things, I agreed on the condition that nothing like that ever happen again. My friend and her fiancé broke up soon after that. Three weeks pass and everything is going great. The ex-fiancé has found a new place, is in training for a new job, and while still loud and inconsiderate, he hasn't caused any problems so far. I get ready for bed early. I have an important meeting tomorrow. I put on some comfy pajamas, locking my door before I change out of habit. My bestie is out working, and it's just me upstairs in bed, and the ex-fiancé downstairs yelling on the phone about something. I tune him out and try to sleep. He's moving out next week. My chest rattles from the booming footfalls up the stairs to my room, waking me from sleep. My eyes snap open to see my bedroom doorknob rattling back and forth, locked. He lets out a yell of pure malice and bangs on my door. He screams my name and it's so slurred he sounds like he's trying to impersonate a lizard man. The hinges aren't looking so good. We live in a crappy, cheap apartment with thin doors. I have to do something before he breaks open the door, right? 
I say the only thing I can think of. What the... Suddenly the banging and screaming stops. My doorknob falls still. After a terrifying moment of silence, he says flatly, Open the door, bud. Just come and open the door. I still laugh about that one. Like, after all that, I just walk over and open up. Instead, I grabbed my essentials and jumped out the window. I was on the second floor, but we lived on a hill, so the fall really wasn't quite that high. Still managed to fall wrong. I hobbled as quickly as I could to start my car and peeled away. I called my best friend and warned her not to go home. We made plans for her to stay with a friend after she got off work. I made it to the friend's house and passed out for a few hours. I woke up to a call from my bestie. He traveled all the way to her workplace with a knife and broke in. He assaulted her and held the knife up to her special needs client's throat and said he'd kill him in front of her. Thank God a co-worker overheard everything in another room and was able to call the police in time for everyone to come out alive. My bestie also said that he was on the phone with her while he was banging on my door, and he said he was going to kill me and make her listen. I was totally alone in the apartment with him, sleeping upstairs on my bed. If I hadn't locked my door that night, would I even still be alive? If I had left my car keys downstairs, would I have been able to get away? When I returned to my apartment the next morning, my bedroom door was completely kicked in. My belongings were scattered everywhere, and the large butcher knives were missing from the kitchen. Instead, sitting in the corner of the hallway to my room. Before getting into our next story, I just wanted to say that because it is summer and my dog has been running in and out of our house, there is at least one, possibly two or three flies. I keep seeing them all over my house and they just happen to be in the same room that I'm trying to record in. And so if you do hear some buzzing around, just know that I it's a fly, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where they're at. I've seen them, but they kind of have been whizzing past me and my microphone and every attempt to kind of shoo them away or, you know, hit them with a fly swatter has not been successful. So if that's what you're hearing, I do apologize. But with that, we'll go ahead and get into our next story. And the next story is titled, Strange Woman Staring at Me at Subway. I was having lunch with a friend at Subway, and as we were walking in, I noticed a car driving and parking very terribly with a bit of a flat tire. I thought nothing of it and ordered my sandwich. A few minutes later, a middle-aged blonde woman walked in. She was wearing green cowboy boots, starry leggings and a purple shirt, a red wife beater, sunglasses, and a gray puff jacket. She asked the subway employee if they still have salad and then asked, does salad help with cold? I think she asked because it was cold outside, but a very strange question with a very strange phrasing. After waiting in line for like 10 minutes for her salad, 
she exited without even ordering a salad. Five minutes later, she came back in and got in line again. She started plugging her nose between her middle and pointer fingers. She waited in line for another 10 minutes and read the menu with her finger. After a while, she got out of the line again and stood at the trash can directly behind my friend, facing me, staring at me, and plugging her nose. She scoffed at me and went outside. She sat on a chair that was missing a leg right in front of the glass door with her back to me. The subway employee told her that it was broken, and she said she felt it when she sat down, but just continued to sit there. She came back inside for a third time, and she gestured to a high school-aged boy in line behind her. She gestured for him to take out his AirPods. She whispered in his ear, and the guy said out loud, That one? And pointed at me. She whispered again, and then promptly leaves. The kid told me that she told him that she hates the girl facing the door. Me. After we finished eating, my friend and I stepped outside to smoke, and the weather was getting nicer, so we stayed outside for a good half an hour. We soon realized she was the chick who parked all crazy, and she was sitting outside watching us, literally not looking away whatsoever, the whole time with her car door open. I was scared, but my friend was smart enough to get her license plate number just in case something happened, while I was frozen trying to not make it obvious that I saw what she was doing. Luckily, I made good acquaintances with one of the subway employees. I spent half of high school skipping school there, and he let me hang out in the storage room for a bit until she left. I later found out that seconds after I stepped into the storage room, she had come back into the store, taken a look around, and dipped. I don't want to know what would have happened if that high school kid didn't speak up, or if she didn't park crazy because I wouldn't have noticed her watching me. I don't believe I did anything to offend her, although I may not have been able to hide my disdain for her fashion choices. She didn't appear to be under the influence of anything, despite her sunglasses and reckless driving. I honestly hope she was under the influence because it would be a much more depressing reality if she was just that mentally ill and wasn't being treated for it. I wish my friend kept her license plate number on her phone so that I could have possibly intervened with the obvious drug or mental issue at play. As some atypical social behavior puts her in danger as well. By far, one of the strangest encounters, and I'll update you if I ever come across her again. Our final story is entitled, Tonight on the 5 o'clock news, A Creep. Many years ago, I, 24 male, at the time, would hang out with a co-worker of mine most Friday nights at a bar and play pool. I'm not good at pool, but sometimes after I have a few drinks in me, I start to play well. My co-worker was pretty good, so on the nights that I was hot, we would often clean up and be playing for a while. The usual way pool works in a bar is you come up and put a quarter on the table to claim the next game. The winner stays on the table, and the new group pays for that game. 
the table took four quarters to release the balls for the next game. If you keep winning, you stay on the table and don't pay. This particular ball had... If you keep winning, you stay on the table and don't have to pay. This particular bar had a main floor and a basement level, and the pool table was in the basement. On this night, it was slow. We played a few games 1v1 between us since nobody else was around. Eventually, these two other guys came down and wanted to play, and we proceeded to beat them in an uneventful game. One of the guys seemed to get agitated that they lost, but wanted to play again. We told them to pay for it and we can play again. And this guy started arguing that he shouldn't have to pay and we should split it. We explained how it usually works and he reluctantly agreed. My coworker and I then proceeded to kick their butts again. This made this guy mad. He started screaming at us, insulting us, just losing it. The two of us were both in decent shape at the time, so we didn't feel threatened. And there was no way we were going to give up the table to these guys and leave. In hindsight, we should have just left. Miraculously, we actually managed to calm this guy down. He seemed susceptible to reason and maybe understood there was a protocol for playing. We cracked some self-deprecating jokes and eventually fell into a decent rapport with these two guys. They kept wanting to play and we kept beating them, but they kept paying and we were joking around and doing some playful trash talking, etc. Then the guy who was angry earlier started to get too comfortable. He would come over and stand way too close to me. He started touching me and putting his hands on my shoulders, and he kept on talking about my shirt and how much he loved it. It was a boring, plaid-patterned green shirt, but he would not stop talking about it. At one point, he came up behind me while I was shooting and grabbed at the collar and pulled it away from me because he needed to know what size it was and wanted to see the tag. This was really starting to piss me off. So my coworker and I eventually said that we were going upstairs to get some beers and we just left. That Monday, I came back to work. I work in the TV industry and at that time I was working at a small local TV station. It was my first job out of college and I was working my way up. And at the time I was doing a weekly rotation with two other people where we would cycle through different jobs in the control room. That week I was the Chiron operator, which is the machine that does live on-air graphics, lower thirds over the shoulder boxes, full screen pictures, etc. I would come in, make the graphics, and during the news, I would call them up and have everything ready when it needed to be. I missed the morning meeting that day for some reason, so I didn't know what any of the stories were about. One story was about a crime, so I opened the folder that a producer left mugshots in to get it ready in the Chiron. To my shock, there he was, that creep from the bar staring back at me through the screen. I couldn't open the show rundown fast enough to see what he did. Apparently, the next night, at the same bar, he stabbed someone in the parking lot, allegedly over a fight regarding the pool table. The guy he stabbed lived, but whenever this story pops in my head, I always think about how my night would have ended if we didn't ride the fine line between making this guy too angry or letting him get too friendly. This creepy encounter 
really reminds me of a customer I had a long time ago while I was working in a bar. And and at the time, I was in my early 20s. Um, I wasn't I knew I wasn't quite married. So I was definitely under like 24 for sure. And I remember this dude, he was a customer and he was asking me questions about the menu, which is totally normal, totally fine. But he would keep putting his like hand on my arm while I was speaking. And I just remembered feeling like, like, don't touch me, please. Like, that's very weird. And I remember I kind of like, moved a little bit to the left so that way I wasn't like you know grabbing his arm and like pushing it away from me because I felt like that might be a little bit too much Um, in hindsight I could have totally done that and who cares because you know you shouldn't put your hands on somebody without their consent but you know I was really young and I didn't know really how to stand up for myself at that point but I remember kind of stepping off to the side and this guy just like looks at me with like daggers and I just remember thinking that's a big reaction for you putting your hand on a stranger and then that stranger kind of you know basically giving the social cue to be like hey you know back up a little bit you know you're in my bubble and I just remember thinking like oh like what is this guy's problem like why is he so angry at me and so I don't know, it just and for what I don't know if it's just because it took place in a bar, but I don't know, it just reading this story sent me back to that moment. And so, yeah, that's my own little creepy encounter story. Unfortunately, having been in the service industry for so many years, I worked at a lot of different um, restaurants and um, bars. I worked retail. And unfortunately, some people do get a little bit handsy and just get in your bubble and I've had countless creepy encounters I really should reflect and think about you know all the different types of creepy encounters and maybe I should just have a list of creepy encounters that I share on this podcast and just have an entire episode on weird things that have happened to me because my goodness I I really could write you know, an an anthology about all the crazy stories um, from working in, you know, the service industry. So I just thought I would share that. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon. If you have your own scary story or a strange encounter or anything else that falls under the umbrella of mysterious or chilling or spooky, you can type it out and please send it to grimandwhim at gmail.com. That's g-r-i-m-a-n-d-w-h-i-m at gmail.com.